Luke chapter 5, verses 17 to 26. One day, Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralysed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralysed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Let's come to God in prayer as we uh, hear God's words this morning. Dear Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it does speak truth. Thank you that through what we hear and listen to and read that we can know who Jesus is and how we can be forgiven. Please help us to understand this morning our need to be forgiven and our need to have a right relationship with you. I pray this in your name. Amen. I wonder what your biggest issue in life is. What continues to affect the way that you live every single day and stays on the top of your mind every moment you live? What is the biggest issue in your life that needs to be solved? Maybe it's your financial situation and your need to have enough money to pay the next bill as it comes through. Maybe it's the constant thought and anxiety of questioning that you're doing a good enough job that never goes away. Or maybe it's like what we've just read of a man who has a health condition uh, who needs to urgently be healed. Here Jesus uses this opportunity not to do what they expected by healing this man, but to teach a lesson far more important. The first thing that Jesus wants us to understand is that he addresses our deepest need. Just imagine what we've just read playing out as a movie. Our main character is a paralyzed man sitting on the ground. He's unable to move. His mind is very sharp and alert of what's going along, but he can't join in anything because he knows he can't walk and his limbs will fail him. 
He's probably lived with this condition for all of his life since he was born. Our scene then moves on to another character, a man who's just arrived in town. He's teaching people some radical things, but more importantly to the man's attention, he's starting to heal people. And he seems to be healing people no matter their condition or disability. The paralyzed man thinks to himself, this name, guy named Jesus is amazing. I need to go and see this miracle maker and be healed myself. Now, because he can't move and there's a huge crowd gathering around Jesus, the man gathers his friends together to come up with a plan. He decides because there's so many people, he'll find a way through the roof to come down and meet Jesus. So that's what they do. He gets his friends up on his mat and they go up to the roof and he's lowered down in the center of everybody. Everybody can see him right in front of Jesus. Then Jesus turns to the man and says, friend, your sins are forgiven. Wait, hold on right there. What did Jesus just say? The paralyzed man has gone to all this effort to go up to the roof, come down, and Jesus has said, your sins are forgiven. This is not what the man was expecting. He was seeking to be healed, but Jesus has said his sins are forgiven. What's sin got to do with his healing? Let's take another look and see what Luke writes here as, yeah, and what Jesus says. Have a look in verse 20 if you've got your Bibles. It says, When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The reason why Jesus decides to heal, to forgive this man's sin, is because of his faith. But what does that mean? How does Jesus see their faith? Later in this story, we see Jesus knew that the Pharisees, what they were thinking. And this is proof of Jesus' omniscience, knowing everything, our hearts and deepest desires. And because Jesus is God, he knew their attitude and the faith that they had. But we can also see for ourselves their faith demonstrated through their actions. The fact that they went up on top of the roof to get the paralyzed man down in front of him shows their earnest desire and belief that Jesus had the power and authority to heal. If this wasn't the case, he wouldn't have gone to so much effort to see Jesus. We still haven't answered the question, however, why did Jesus bring up his sin rather than just healing him straight away? It's because Jesus understands us and he knows us both inside and out knowing our deepest and biggest need. It's because Jesus understands us. Oh, sorry. Imagine someone who is homeless, um, living on the streets. They are poor and asking for money so that they can buy food and new clothes. The reason why they ask for money is because their deepest need is having enough cash to buy their next meal. But is this really their deepest need? What if someone went up to them and got to know them and introduced them to a new community and helped them so that they could apply for a job themselves and earn enough to live by? Their actual need is not the money, but having enough uh, ability to connect with others and also provide for themselves. 
The problem is thinking that we know what our big, biggest and deepest need is when there's actually a greater problem that we might overlook. In the same way, Jesus knows our deepest need. The paralyzed man asks for healing, but Jesus knows what's more important for his sins to be forgiven. It's like what Jesus mentions a few chapters later. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? It would be far worse eternally for this man to be healed and live his life normally at the expense of not having faith in Jesus and being judged ultimately and sent to hell. If our sins are not forgiven by God, who is in control of the universe that he created, then we are laid to waste in sin, unable to have a relationship with him and deserving of death. Jesus knew the deepest need of this paralyzed man, but he also needs our deepest need. Our deepest need is the same, to be forgiven by God. It's so easy to think that the thing we believe is missing in our lives is the thing that we most need. For you, it might be something material, like uh, buying a new car or a house that will make your life easier. Or maybe it's similar to this paralyzed man having a health condition that needs to be healed. Or maybe you feel the need to be in a relationship with someone who you know will love and care for you. Now, Jesus doesn't dismiss those needs, and those are very valid needs. But what Jesus wants us to know, most importantly, is that we need to know him, to have faith, to have our sins forgiven. I wonder if there's a need in your life that distracts you from knowing this greater reality. So Jesus wants us to know that our deepest need is to be forgiven forgiven, but he also wants to know the reason why we need to be forgiven by him. That reason is when we sin, we sin against God, which is why Jesus being God himself is the one who can forgive sin. The reason is that when we sin, we sin against God. Uh, We can see this in verse 21, where the Pharisees kind of understand what's going on, but not quite. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? They are in fact correct saying, who can forgive sins alone? But they also mention that Jesus is blaspheming because they don't believe Jesus has, is God and has the power and authority to forgive sin. Also take note of what Jesus says when he speaks to the paralyzed man. He says, Your sins are forgiven. Jesus is not talking about just one specific sin, but plural, multiple sins. In fact, not just a couple of sins, but all of his sin. This is all-inclusive, every single sin. He is computed, Jesus says, has been forgiven. From his smallest uh, white lie to his biggest crime, his sin, past, future, and present and future, Jesus says, has been forgiven. We still don't know, however, why is Jesus the one that needs to do the forgiving? 
I imagine that this is the first time Jesus has even met this man. So why on earth would he be concerned about his sin? The paralyzed man hasn't directly sinned against Jesus. Say someone asked me to do something and then I forget it. For example, perhaps I decide to meet with a friend for coffee and we decide to meet this Friday at 2 o'clock because all the cafes in Launceston are closed by 3. Friday comes around and later in the day I get a call from them. And as soon as I see their name on my phone, I think to myself, I was planning to meet with my friend at 2 o'clock. Then I check the time and it's already 10 past 2 and I haven't left to go see them. Although it's unintentional, I have wronged my friend. And when I answer that call, I should ask them to forgive me. My friend is the one I have wronged and the person who I need to ask forgiveness from. It would make no sense if I arrived at the cafe late and then went up to a waiter and said, can you please forgive me for forgetting to meet with my friend? I reckon if I did that, I'd get a bit of a weird look from them. It's not the waiter that I've sinned against, it is my friend. It's only between the two parties who are involved in the conflict that need to be involved in making the forgiveness. But why does Jesus forgive this man then? He forgives him because when we sin, we sin against God also. Because God is the one who created this world. He cares about sin. So when we sin, we're saying to him, I know better and I'm going to do it my way. When we sin, we flip the world's order that God designed and saying that we are the ruler of it. When we sin, God is the one who is most offended, even more than the person we have sinned against. Therefore, Jesus is the one who needs to forgive our sin. Because when we sin, we sin against him. Now, of course, we need to ask forgiveness from our friend and anyone we sin against. Because Jesus did say, for if you forgive other people when, you, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So we do need to make sure that we ask forgiveness from the people we wrong. But as what I've just read says, it's more importantly we need to ask forgiveness from God because we also sin against him. I wonder if you can relate to King David who wrote Psalm 51 after he sinned against Bathsheba. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Against God and him only have you and I sinned and done what's evil in his sight. Some of you may know this and regularly often get down on your knees like David, asking for forgiveness. But most of us, if you're completely honest, in some way you're starting to become numb to the seriousness of sin and starting to take for granted Christ's sacrifice for you. Every time you lie about your work that you've done to your boss, every time you've done 
few extra kilometres over the speed limit in your car, or every time you participate in a trivial argument with someone, no matter how small or big, intentional or not, each time you do those things, you sin and you offend God. Sin is not a joke. It's a big problem that disrupts our relationship with God. And we all deserve his righteous judgment of death because of it. But fortunately, Christ has saved us from that punishment. And we can be thankful for that. But I do wonder, when was the last time you felt your need to be forgiven? Like David, as he realizes how much he has offended the one who has created him. So Jesus is the one who knows our deepest need to be forgiven. And he is the one whom we need to ask forgiveness from. He also wants us to know, however, that he alone is the one who has authority to forgive sin. This is exactly what the Pharisees point out when they say, who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew their thoughts and he uses this opportunity to prove that he is God and does have the authority to forgive sin. And he makes this clear in verse 24. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He wants us to know that he is God and has the authority to forgive sin. But how does he prove this? Notice what he says in verse 23, the verse before that. Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to get up and walk? To understand what Jesus is trying to get at here, we need to make the distinction between what is easier to say and what is easier to do. It is easier to say to someone that their sins are forgiven because it doesn't require any proof. It's just believed. Whereas if you say to someone who's paralyzed, get up and walk, the expectation after that is that they will get up and walk. Otherwise, what you've said is obviously false. This is how Jesus proves that he's forgiven the man's sin by doing what is harder to do. If I say that my best friend is the Queen of England, how do you know that's true? Even though it seems very unlikely, you can't know if it's true or not. You just have to believe me. Whereas if I say I can lef levitate and float off this podium, then I would need to prove that to you right now. Of course, I can't levitate, and unfortunately I can't, but you get the idea. One statement requires straight up belief, and the other one requires action to be believed. But if I did levitate off this podium, you might be more convinced that I am friends with the Queen, and probably many other things that I might say. Although it's not quite the same in this situation, the only way Jesus can prove this man's sins is forgiven is to heal him. And surely if Jesus can do the unbelievable by curing this man of his life-affecting disease, then surely we can believe that Jesus has forgiven this man's sin and has the authority to do so. But how can we know if our sin has been forgiven? Jesus isn't right here at the moment, and he might not have healed any of our sicknesses or solved any of our problems. So how can we know that we've been forgiven? 
Well, actually, Jesus has given us proof. And that's what he did when he died and rose again. When we, and that's what we've been celebrating during Easter a couple of weeks ago. Jesus has forgiven all sin of those who have believed. And we can know this is true because he's done the unbelievable and risen from the dead. And we can be certain it's true today because of the evidence we read in the Bible. We have four well-recognized books from different authors documenting this event in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There are about 14,000 ancient copies of this, and they were written with nearly within 300 years of Jesus. From a historical perspective, this is quite substantial and very reliable, particularly when you compare it to other significant events in history. God has given us assurance through his word about his son so that we might believe and be forgiven. Jesus has the authority to forgive sins and we can be certain of this because of what Jesus has done by paying our punishment for the sin that we deserved. Maybe this is the first time you've heard about this or realising that your deepest need is to be forgiven. Or maybe you've previously struggled to understand that more importantly, Jesus is the one that needs to deal with your sin. If this is you, and you've recognised how much of a mess your life is, you realise that because of your sin, you're unable to redeem yourself, and the only solution is to be forgiven by Jesus. If you can relate to this, please talk to a Christian friend or someone you've seen up the front here this morning so they can pray for you and help you in living a life for God. But if you're already a Christian, it can be easier to come familiar with this idea that Jesus has forgiven you. So I hope that listening to these words and actions of Jesus gives you a deeper assurance that when Jesus said, it is finished, he indeed did cancel your debt and has forgiven you. And when you come to God humbly in prayer to forgive, confess your sins, then you can be certain that he has forgiven you. God the Father sent his son to die on the cross as proof. And if we believe through him that the punishment we deserved has been paid for, then we can be certain that our sins have been forgiven. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for Jesus Thank you for the life that he lives here on earth and that we can read of here, his ministry of teaching and healing people, but more importantly, what led to his death and resurrection, the, the act that allowed us to be forgiven by you. We are sorry of our sins that we commit each day and just in the natural environment that we're in and the way we live, uh, we do in rebellion of you. And we are sorry for this. But thank you for Jesus. Help us to realise that our deepest need is to be forgiven by you. Help us to desire to have a right relationship with you in this life, that we might serve and love others. And we pray that yeah, you would continue to look after us. Help us to continually to confess our sin to you. Um, we pray all of this in your name. Amen.